All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to another season of Fend for Yourself Friday. We're going to get right into this episode today. Uh, coming up on the other side are two of my favorite teachers. I'll bet you can guess who they are. Close enough. All right, welcome to our first episode of Fend for Yourself Friday. Since I went fishing, I think, in uh, February... And today I have uh, two teachers, and, and go ahead, go ahead and introduce you guys, introduce yourselves. Okay, um, my name is Lauren McMillan. Um, my sixth grade students call me Miss McMillan, um, but I prefer to be called Lauren when I'm off duty. So I teach um, language arts and reading at, at the sixth grade level. So language arts and reading. I think that's about the exact level that I'm at as far as languages are concerned. Um, definitely art, or is it language art? It's not language and art. It's language arts. Language arts, yep. And reading. Yep. Well, we're going to get back to this in, in very big depth after the next person introduces their self. Well, that must be me, and I am Brittany Bundy, and I am a high school math teacher and I mostly teach geometry, and every now and then I get an Algebra 1 section sprinkled in there. This is perfect because geometry is the only class that I did even remotely well in in high school as far as math is concerned. Um, algebra was a disaster. Yeah, we usually find that like you're one way or the other when it comes to geometry and Algebra 1, or algebra in general, I should say. I think I was like a 75% geometry student and probably like a 40% algebra student but through the grace of daily work uh, I passed all of them <laughs> we like to round up we give everyone a chance it was extremely helpful because I probably would I would not be here today if it wasn't for rounding <laughs> that is for sure so you guys teach you want to say where you teach what school or what district you're in uh, we both teach in the Grand Forks Public Schools um, in North Dakota. So um, I teach at Schrader Middle School. And I'm at Grand Forks Central High School. So did either of you guys go, or did you guys go to school together in Grand Forks? You guys are both from Grand Forks, correct? Yep. Yep. And you attended the same schools together from when to when? Just high school. Just high school. Yep. And we were on the same cross-country um, cross team. That's how we met originally so being from 45 minutes north of grand forks i envisioned you guys going to school together the entire time like from kindergarten on no so do you guys teach at the schools that you went to your alma maters yep we sure do how fun is that <laughs> it is fun for me it took some adjusting to like work with teachers that i had but um it's the only place i want to work teach well, that's I great. Say. yeah I like I started there I just started at um Schrader two years ago um because I was teaching high school out in Bismarck so it was kind of nice because like where Bundy had to like you were fresh out of school teaching with your teachers and I didn't have that like I was kind of established already by the time I started teaching with the teachers I had so how long have you guys been teaching for this coming up school year will be my sixth and that puts me at my eighth, eight and a oh. half, seven and a half, eight and a half. I had a random half year where I only taught for half the year because I graduated in December. So mm -hmm. I think seven and a half maybe sounds right. 
So I don't, I didn't realize this, but apparently math teachers um, are in demand. So is that how you got a job? Um, no, at that, well, actually, yes, there was a retirement that happened and they couldn't fill the position. So I just kind of got to walk into it at, in December, um, instead of having to wait till the fall to apply. If that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's a, that's a huge win for you. Definitely. Didn't have to sit on the bench and sub you jumped right into your school. Right. So my mom also actually taught in Grand Forks public schools for, I'm not going to guess the number of years, more than 20 years. Oh, wow. What did she do? My mom taught special ed in Grand Forks. Oh, wow. That's... I don't think I knew that. Lauren, you knew that, right? Uh, I guess I knew that she worked here because Jordan said sometimes she'd have to stay here when she, like on bad weather days when she couldn't make it back, but I didn't know she did special ed. Yep, she was special ed at Lake Agassi for the first several years. Wow. And then she was at Winship and she was at Red River and Central and all sorts of different places. Don't wow. quote me on Central. Definitely <laughs> Red River. I know she's at Red River. I know she was at Wilder and I know she was at Winship. And then she moved around a lot, but she was there for, I'm going to say 25 years. Wow. And now she's in Drayton with my dad. That's awesome. My mom got to commute 45 miles one way a day, and my dad got to commute 45 yards. <laughs> now they're both commuting 45 yards. <laughs> so how many classes a week or a week, a day do you guys teach? Like, how many prep hours do you get in a day? Or how many, cl- how many classes are there even? I don't even know any of this. Hmm. A perfectly phrased question by me. I don't, are they different, Lauren, our schedules? Yes, they are. You go first, and then I'll oh, talk about sure. that. Okay, so we have seven class periods, and of those seven, I teach five, and I get two prep hours. That's not bad, right? Oh, no, I love it. That's great. I feel pretty lucky because I know a lot of districts, I think they teach six like out of their seven class periods. So, And how many kids on average are in your class? I would say on average about 25. Oh my gosh. My largest class I've ever had was 33 and I didn't even have 30 desks in my room at the time. And like my smallest class I've ever had is 11. I think the biggest class I had when I was in high school was like 11 kids period. (laughs) (laughs) The magic of Drayton. The magic of Drayton is very small. That is true. It is much smaller than Grand Forks, although very close. Very close. I like to think of Drayton as Grand Forks' bedroom community. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not sure anybody else thinks of it that way, but that's <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> so, Lauren, how about you? How many classes do you teach, and what are they broken up into? So, um, well, normally what we do is we teach, um, like I teach four sections of language arts, which is really just sixth grade English. Um, and then I teach a section of reading um, but this year we're actually switching to a new schedule. So I will teach two block sections um, of language arts and reading. Um, and we're, we're kind of like putting them together. Uh, and then I will teach one half of another block. And then my colleague um, will teach the other half of that block. So we, we'll share um, about 20 kids. Um, and then I have one prep period and I have one period where I meet with my team and a middle school like a team is um 
you put like kids on teams and um, they have only those teachers. So um, like there's a social studies teacher on my team, a science teacher, um, a myself language arts teacher. And then there's another language arts teacher to teach the other half of the block. And um, there is a math teacher and we share, we all like share the same 85 to a hundred kids. It seems like a really good idea. Yeah, it's it's called the middle school model. Um, if you want, to kind of... <laughs> so so what does a person learn in sixth grade English and reading? Um. Uh, <laughs> um, what don't they learn is probably better. Um, because sixth grade is just like, like we like to say that sixth grade is like big kindergartners. Um, that makes sense. Because they're just learning so much new stuff again. Um, because they come from the elementary and then they get to our building and they're brand new. And all of their skills are <coughs> and all of their... Um, I don't know. like they, Everything that they are going through is new when they start sixth grade, both like personally and academically. So um, they learn a lot, but... We do, we do fun content, I guess. And then we, we also do a lot of, like, life. I can see the life part of it being a lot of it. Yes. I'm guessing there's no drama in sixth grade. <laughs> there's none, actually. They all are perfect angels. They never fight. Um, and they are, yeah, ne- they're never fighting, never cheating, never... Never <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Never doing anything you wouldn't expect a sixth grader to, of course. Um, and by that, I mean, there's a lot of drama. Someday. I can only imagine. Do the kids know each other then or not? Um, some, because now we kind of have feeder schools, which is really nice. So, um, like for the middle school, there's three middle schools and then two high schools. Um. So ideally, like in a lot of communities, what they do is they'd have three middle schools and then three high schools and the middle school would feed into the high school. Um, But we don't have that. However, we have like more evenly divided elementary. So a lot of the kids come up with their whole elementary class and they aren't really split, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. And Schroeder's on the north end of Grand Forks, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's the south end. I'm sorry, south end. Yep, south end. It's, um, It's like... I would say 200 yards from my front door. It is very close to your front door. Now that you say it, I didn't realize that it was that close, but no, you're definitely right. Yeah. I get to walk to school, which is really awesome. How's your, or how's your fiance's commute? (laughs) Oh, you know, it's incredible that he, I think it's, I think it's 15 stairs. (laughs) He has to go downstairs. That's a great, that's a great commute. Yeah. It's awesome. My wife's commute is about, well, I can see the other room. I'm going to say it's 10 yards, bed to desk, <laughs> all on the same level. <laughs> Mine's about 12 minutes, so I can't complain either, but 10 steps is also not bad. Yeah. It's awesome. So, so Brittany, when, you're, when they're in high school, do you get any of Lauren's kids? Yep. So her school, I don't even know what the breakdown, Lauren, would you say is like 50-50, 60-40 of the kids that come to central yeah, I, versus red river yeah i i would say either of those is probably a good ballpark yeah 
So um, I could have some Aloran students. We haven't gotten to that point yet since she teaches sixth grade. And I think you're third year coming up right in the district. Yes. So next year you'll have some of my students, although you will have some of my track athletes, which is awesome. Yeah, there we go. So we can compare notes later on. (laughs) So you guys both coach track too? I do not. Um, I do, but I coach middle school. We did coach one year together for cross country. Right. Well, don't avoid my dad next time you see him, Lauren. Otherwise, he's going to talk your ear off. I will give you that heads up. Dad, I love you, but my dad loves track. (laughs) So at the high school level, what kind of stuff are are they learning in your classes, Brittany? Well, I always try to teach a little math. But like kind of Lauren said, you teach a lot of life skills, too, on like making good decisions and deciding if that decision was a good decision or not. But um. I try to sprinkle in a little bit of geometry and algebra when I can, when I can get their attention, but it's hard to compete with Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. I'm just not that entertaining. True. I mean, you guys can play this podcast more. Maybe they can, maybe they'll enjoy this too. That's true. Sounds like an extra credit assignment. They would cringe. (laughs) Yeah. They they would hate to know that I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Would they not consider it bussing? I learned that word, but I don't really know what it means. Um, I'm still not sure what it means, actually. I think it means something's cool. I think it Although, means generally good, right? Yeah, but there's, their lingo changes so much. You know, I didn't even really hear busting a lot this last year. It was two years ago almost already. Like, it just changes so fast. That's when I learned it, and I just keep using it because I don't care. Yeah, for sure. So with the geometry, is there, is there only one geometry? Why is geometry only getting one and algebra is getting two? Well, there's like, I think five different branches of geometry, but we only focus on the Euclidean geometry in my like favorite. high school. Me too. It's really the only one I know really. But um, I always like to tell them, so I teach like a lower level geometry and then like an upper level geometry. And I always just tell the kids, you're basically doing like algebra on steroids because you're just taking the properties of algebra and putting it to like a a shape or a spatial problem. It's kind of crazy because I didn't get the basics of algebra. So So, geometry would have been really tough for you then, I bet. Geometry was way easier. I I still can't figure out what is foil. Who who invented foil and what is going on with that? (laughs) Well, foil is just an acronym for multiplying two binomials. And I had to look it up. Um, William Betts is the coined man for coming up with that acronym. Hmm. It says ni- 1929 in a textbook. I don't know. What does it stand for? Foil. So F O I L. Um, first, outside, inside, last. And that's the order in which you multiply the terms of two binomials, which is like a two term term <laughs> i definitely know what binomial is so we can skip that okay perfect so why did they decide to put numbers or letters inside my math who did why did they do that well because then it kind of opens the question or the problem up to multiple problems you know what i mean so if you have a variable you can plug in a different like numbers for to match that situation right you're not always going to buy the same number of socks every time you go to target maybe you need two packs maybe you need one pack so they put in a variable there so you can plug that number in to figure out your cost 
that's that's a very good point. To me, it just seems like Webster and Betts got together and decided to create something I couldn't. To take two things I'm the worst at: English, also reading, and math, and make them something that I was not going to be good at. <laughs> you know, but thankfully, what... my wife is very good at it, so we're we're good on that end. Perfect. One time, um, I was talking to a colleague when I was teaching at the high school, and she was a math teacher. Um, and Brittany, I don't know if like, I'm sure that this is like maybe what you get taught. I have no idea, but she really opened my eyes because I don't like math either. Obviously I'm a, I'm very much an art brained gal. Um, but she said that oftentimes with math, like, you know, when kids ask the question, they're like, um, when are we ever going to use this? You know, um, she always tells them you won't probably ever use algebra however what you will use is um like the pathways that your brain creates to solve algebra problems are used to solve life problems yeah she says what i try to teach my students every day it's a word you probably won't ever have to solve a quadratic equation unless you're in some specific field that uses that right but like to exercise your brain in a way to think outside the box to think critically is huge, especially when their brains are growing so much, they don't know how to use those skills. So it's really tough to teach a kid productive struggle is what we call it. And that's like where the learning happens. I'm going to say this, kids, don't ask that question anymore. It's very dumb. (laughs) The math is important. I'll tell you why. Because you know what you're not going to be without math? You're not going to be a doctor. You're not going to be an engineer. You're not going to be a computer person. And you know who makes the most money? People who can do math Mm -hmm. and people who can do computers. Mm -hmm. And those things are very important. So stop asking that question. Next time somebody asks that, just refer them to this podcast about the 20-minute mark. And they can just say, oh, that guy's really smart. I think I'm just going to like start every class that way. Here's your inspiration. Let's go. This guy we've never heard before or don't know who he is said that it's important. And we should probably listen to him. But I'll tell you what, it is important. I'll put like a picture of like um, Morgan Freeman on the board and be like, Morgan Freeman told you to do this. Morgan Freeman and I sound the exact same. <laughs> in, in an honest to God truth, I went to Bemidji State my first year at college and I took a math for elementary school teachers class because two of my friends were like, we're taking this math class and you should too. I said, all right. So I got there and the lady basically just took attendance and never gave us assignments so i ended up getting like an a in the class and i had to take like i had to take like high school algebra in college because that's how bad i was at algebra which was (laughs) fine no it was helpful i mean i they were they made the right call so then when i went to transfer to und und looked at my transcript and they're like you can't take high school math for or math for high school teachers or, or elementary teachers. You're, you're trying to be a doctor. You put pre-med on here, which that was a mistake, a different story, but also a mistake. <laughs> and they're like, we're not going to accept this. So I told them on the phone, like, all right, then I'm not coming to university. And the lady at the registrar lady was like, no, you're not serious. I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm not passing math again. <laughs> so then they took it. I think they only gave me three credits instead of four, but they took the class and called it college algebra. That's awesome. Which is the only reason I'm here today. Because I don't know how that would have gone otherwise. And you learned those bargaining skills from your English teacher. Exactly. (laughs) So we've talked a lot about math so far. Let's talk about reading, Lauren. What are the best books to read? 
Gosh. Um, well, it depends on what you are looking for, I guess. Um, I try to read like a mixture of things for me. Um, I, you know, try to sprinkle in a book that I learn from. And then I try to sprinkle in a book that gives my brain a vacation. And then I'll sprinkle in a book that I think 12 year olds would like so that I can recommend it. Um, and I would say 12 year olds, 11 year olds that I have, um, they love a good series. So, um, I find lots of series. Um, one thing that we read that is so fun is, um, the series of, um, oh, what's it called Miss Peregrine's Home for That's what it's called. That's fun. Um, I like teaching that because it's just like it's a roller coaster for the kids. They love it. There's twists and turns, and then um, they can read the other books by themselves. Um, but yeah, so lots of series and look at you fostering a love of reading. Exactly. Do, do kids still like Harry Potter? Yes. Good. I think they're just like you know what I run into in sixth grade is like kids who I was the same person. I didn't read them until I was in 12th grade um, because they were so long. They are long. Yeah, they are. And even being someone I've always loved reading, I've like, I've always had a book around, but something about a big book is always daunting to me. Um, and so I, I see that in kids too. And I totally get it um, because even though it's, it might be like an easy read um, or like a, I don't want to say easy because Harry Potter does get pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a, I don't know. It, I don't know what to say. That's not, it's an easy read in the sense that you're so excited about it that you just keep going. Um, but even then a big book is still kind of daunting. It's not like Shakespeare either, where it's written really hard to read. Exactly. You guys teach Shakespeare in the sixth grade or is that too young? Um, pretty young. Um, I have actually, I lucked out every teaching position I've had. I've not had to teach Shakespeare. Um, and I had to take two semesters of Shakespeare and carry around these massive anthologies in college. And all I could ever think was, I really hope I never have to teach this because this is the worst. (laughs) I actually like Billy Shakespeare. (laughs) I don't read it, though. I would watch it on. I always think that, like, I watched the Macbeth movie. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to like this. And I finished it. Did you like it? It was fine. It was a lot. My phone was pretty interesting during that two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's long, too. One interesting thing about William Shakespeare, though, is, like, a lot of stuff is the basis for it. Like, you know, she's the man. Do I know she's the man? Isn't it? Hold on. I'm just making sure. Isn't it Taming the Shrew? Um, no, she's the man. I can't remember what it is, but like, there's a lot of like contemporary movies and pieces that are all loosely based on Shakespearean plays. Ten Things I Hate About You is something too, yep. isn't it? Yep. So is Romeo and Juliet, the Claire Danes version. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll take a quick break right here. Okay, and we're back. That definitely wasn't a break where we had a false start, where we lost some sound for a while and my dog was barking in the background. (laughs) Um, Back to the real hard-hitting stuff. Calculators. Brittany, 
how do you feel about calculators? I love a calculator. It is one of the greatest tools ever invented for a high school student. Aren't they incredible? They are. Um, You would be so surprised at the amount of students or kids that don't know like their math facts. Like you could say five minus eight and they would just look at you with a dead stare and not have any idea. Negative like, three. Yeah, like they like their just basic math facts are not there. And at by the time I get them, I don't have the time to teach those skills. And to be honest, I don't even really know how the elementary school teachers do teach those skills. Like I, that conceptual learning, mm-hmm. I, it would be tough. But um, so if they can't do it, I'm like, use a calculator. In the real world, that's what you'd, you'd do, right? You wouldn't just do this mental math on your own to figure out the area of your floor for the amount of carpet you need. You would use a calculator. So let's be efficient and use it. It's actually a really good point because we're at the point now in society where if we lose the ability to use calculators, like it's going to be a pretty terrible apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They are incredible. So do you have the fancy graphing calculators? Um, no, I have like the step below that, just the scientific calculators. For the classes I teach, I don't really have to use like the special functions of that graphing calculator. If I gave you a graphing calculator, could you make a graph? Oh, definitely. You could, too. It's not that hard. You just type in an equation and hit graph. (laughs) Just put those binomials in there and hit graph? Exactly. I think my wife has one around here somewhere. Maybe I'll play with it later. I know she can use one, but I don't think that I can. All right, so we're we're definitely pro-calculators. What kind of calculator do you use? I like the Texas Instrument um, Scientific Calculator. That's probably the one I'm best at and I'm most efficient at um kids though are pretty good at using their apple watches as calculators (laughs) it's it's incredible i don't know how they can i don't have an apple watch so i'm not familiar but the things that those those watches can do and they can cheat off those watches i can't believe that they take pictures and then pull up the pictures and look at the pictures that i learned that one the hard way but lesson learned how many times have you guys seen kids break a cell phone and meltdown not often you know they it's like their favorite possession they're pretty careful with things that they care about so i haven't (laughs) seen it either yeah (laughs) i when i was in college i had a phone that was supposed to be indestructible so i had my friend tom try to throw it across university avenue from like the chester fritz to wilkerson oh no and it didn't go well he threw it high but he didn't throw it far and it smashed on University Avenue. So I didn't have a phone. I didn't have any money. So one of my friends gave me his old flip phone. So I was in, I think it's Merrifield in UND. It doesn't really matter which building it was in. And I walked out of my American Sign Language class, um, flipped my flip phone open, and the screen fell off. It just fell off and slid like 15 feet down the hallway. <laughs> and one of the girls from my sign language class opens her bag, pulls out a child's cell phone, and throws it at me, and she goes, you can use this now. (laughs) To this day, if you're listening, person whose name I don't remember, I want to know why you were carrying a child's cell phone in your backpack. (laughs) So weird. Then I'd get a new phone. So we got the phones taken care of. So now we're going to move to two and two. And the other two I know. So when it comes to twos, Lauren, yeah, I understand T W O. 
Okay, that's good. That's the number. That's the best two. That's your favorite two, Brittany? (laughs) Yep. What's your favorite number? I kind of like 17 or 19, sometimes four. It's kind of, I don't know, it kind of changes every day. Lauren, do you have a favorite number? Yes, three. Mine's 3.14. Pie's great. (laughs) Sorry, I cut you off, Lauren. Why is three your favorite? No, I just am an odd number girly. <laughs> that's that's fair. I always like even numbers. I understand that. <laughs> so is, is three oh. Lauren left or right? Or what oh. was the question? Well, that's kind of hard because like, yeah, like even or odd is, yeah. I don't know what three would be. I think it's a right number. I never really thought of that. It sounds like an inside joke. Did you guys create an inside joke and not tell me no but i one time was just thinking about like what colors are even and odd you know like you know when your brain just gets on those weird tangents yes but different tangents continue <laughs> though please i'm fascinated by this but like okay so like i think of the color yellow is that an even or an odd color i think it's four i don't know why but i thought four so it'd be even that, you think yellow's a four <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this is what the podcast is for please tell me what what it is i want to know i don't really know like i just so jordan and i play tennis and this came up one day um because um we decided to play pickleball which you know has got different rules of tennis and so with pickleball you serve on the right side for even points there's and been marital you, discourse in my house over this, but yeah, continue. And you serve on the left side for odd points. And I totally think that it should be opposite. I think that you should serve odd points on the right because right is just an odd number. And I can't explain that. Well, it does seem like right should be one. I'll give you that. But See? I associate right with even. I do not. But right. I think it's because you like odd numbers, and maybe are you right-handed? Yeah, maybe that's why. I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's interesting, but I also think too, like when I open a book, you know. Oh yeah. Page one is on the right, because it would be really weird if a chapter started on the left. Like, have you ever read a book where the chapter starts on the left? Don't they usually start them on the right? I'm looking at the book right now called God Spare the Girls, I'll tell you. According to the book sitting on my wife's desk, yes, chapter one is on the right. Exactly. Page Hmm. one. If they started page one on the left, that would be a backwards looking book. (laughs) This is one of my favorite things. Oh, three, chapter three is on the left, though. Right, but you didn't start one on the left. This mm. is true. I've never thought about it like this. Yeah. So not to get too far into this, but I work for the government. And sometimes they'll have pages that just say this page intentionally left blank. <laughs> and that's all the page says in huge, bold writing. This page intentionally left blank. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> that's awesome. It's like, you know what we have? Too much money and too much paper. So let's print some ink <laughs> and waste some paper. Because this is going to be blank. We don't know why, but that's what's happening. <laughs> All right, so I got to know two more things, and then we'll get back to the twos, saying two a lot. But Lauren, what color or what number 
is orange. That's my favorite number or my favorite color. <laughs> you know, I love this because I've never thought about numbers as colors, but I orange gives me seven vibes. I was going to say eight. Brittany? I don't really associate a color with a number. I don't see one at all. <laughs> probably why you're a high school math teacher. <laughs> Maybe. See, That's a good thing. I think eight is like a nice round blue. That makes sense. Yeah. It'd be I, weird if I argued against it. And I would think like two for blue. <laughs> if I had to play this game. This is an incredible game. It's, it's just incredible content. People want more of it. Oh, just cut it. <laughs> uh, people always tell me that it goes too long, but I don't care. They can fast forward or turn it off. Yep. All right. The next question I have is, Brittany, do you think pi is an even or an odd number? Or do decimals not count? Well, it's irrational because it never like, the decimal goes on for forever and ever and ever. So I don't think it's either. Okay. What about 3.2? That would be even, I guess. I, this is you're breaking new ground here. I I also maybe making it wrong. I might be saying the wrong information. It's fine. This is nobody. This isn't holding up in court anywhere. <laughs> I this is a, I just honestly thought of that like five minutes ago when we talked about our favorite numbers, <laughs> and then I wanted to know if decimals counted and changed it. Yeah, in college I had to prove that zero was less than one in one of my classes, and it was like the hardest thing I ever had to do in college. So how did you do it? I don't remember. I Googled a lot. My class had like seven people and we all got together. None of us knew how to do it. And we all just put a bunch of random sentences, sentences together and just hoped for the best. Did you guys pass? Hardly. Really? Hardly. Right. Just barely. Are you serious or not? No, I'm being serious. It was very, we, no one really knew how to do it. I have taken a pen and then taken it away. Said there's less pens, but I don't think that's how math works. <laughs> I like it's a good visual. At least probably not at the collegiate level. Ugh. That's that's heavy. Yeah, that is. So Lauren, two, two, and the two I understand. Yeah. When when do I use more than one? Uh, I was going to say zero, but it's an O. It's an O. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you were to say also and it worked then it would be double o so it was in the sentence if you were going to that would be one o like i'm going to D- is that what you mean <laughs> i was just i was just parroting the same sentence you said but not in a jerk way in an actual oh. way of asking where you said okay so i'm going to use an example using that is that good yeah so if I were to say, I'm going to the store, okay? That's the two we're trying to figure out. Yep. And then I said, I'm coming along to the store also and replaced that too. It worked. So then yeah, that's I- a lot better. You're yeah. good at this. So if I said, I'm going to bring Miley too. Miley's our dog. Yep. I'm going to bring Miley also. Yep. And what are you trying to say? Like, I'm going to bring Miley too? Like, are you? 
Like she's coming along. She's coming in the car. Yeah. Okay. If you're saying like she's coming along, I'm going to bring Miley too. Now replace it with also. Does your sentence still make sense? I think it does. Yeah. So then you do double O. This is pretty helpful. I'm not going to lie. And if you said, I'm going to bring Miley to the vet, then it's a preposition because also won't work. I'm going to bring Miley also the vet. This is much, this is very helpful. I'm not going to lie. Because then if also doesn't work, then you know that the two is functioning as a preposition. So you spell it with one O. My coworker, Andrew, is going to get a lot of, lot of less instant messages. <laughs> school lunches. Do you guys get school lunch for free? No. Do you eat school lunch anyway? No. I don't think I've had a school lunch since like my sophomore year of high school. Oh my gosh. This is the biggest mistake. School lunch is the best. But we only get, I only get 24 minutes. For yeah. Lunch. 24 minutes. Yeah. And um, I also have to go- bring my students to lunch. So if I were to waste more time standing in a line that, no, nope. You can't cut the line? <laughs> I could cut the line, but then you still got to like get your peaches in a cup and put your lunch number in and then walk back to the lunch where you eat lunch. So I just bring a crock pot, a little, I have a little lunch crock pot. You have a lunch crock pot? What is that? It's awesome. It's like for lunch. Jordan's mom got it for me last year. Julie's a saint. She is. <laughs> she really is. Um, and it like, just walks up your lunch. So I plug it in in the morning. And then when lunchtime comes, I don't even have to wait for a microwave. It's just warm. Oh, that's amazing. That's one of the best things I've ever heard of. Yeah, you guys should get one. I'll send you a link. Please do. I'll put a link in the in the feed as well. That's, that, that's not true. I don't know how to do that, but you can do it. I don't know how. That's Maybe amazing. Like crock pot. Brittany, what do you do for lunch? So I get a whopping 25 minutes for my lunch, but my room is up on the third floor in our lunchroom commons areas, like on the main floor. And kind of like Lauren said, 25 minutes just isn't enough time to get to the lunchroom, wait in line, and then head back up to like we eat in the math office, the math teachers do. What? So I, you guys have a math office meeting every day? Yes. We have a room. It's pretty small. Um, but it's where we keep, like, it's like our office. So we have like all of our extra textbooks and calculators and other random things that we, like visual aids that we use in the classroom in there. But that's where we all eat lunch. That's my favorite thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> the math office yeah so what do you guys talk about during math lunch you know so like I said I worked with a lot of teachers um, that I had so the age difference is pretty great so there's a lot of like life insurance talk <laughs> or <laughs> what someone's grandkid did for their third grade presentation Sometimes you talk about movies or current events, but it just kind of varies. This is one of my favorite things I've ever heard, that Grand Fork Central has a special math room where all the math teachers have lunch every day. Every day. There's an office for all the departments. Mm-hmm. Even in the junior high? Not that, like, even in, but also in the junior high? In the so, junior high, too? In the <laughs> For us, it's organized, like... We- office for the sixth grade 
So like I eat with all the sixth grade teachers while our sixth graders are at lunch. And then the seventh grade has their own, like, it's almost like kind of like a lounge, I guess. It's like a teacher's lounge, but it's like a miniature version of it. Is it like the jets and the sharks? Mm, I wouldn't go that far. West Side Story, that's also a Shakespeare movie. Yeah. The same one as the Claire Danes version of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> that is, I. this is honestly one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Because <laughs> like in Drayton, it's just the teacher's table. What? Like in the lunchroom? In the lunchroom. The teachers oh, have boy. a table. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> wait, 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 why is that terrible? Please. It'd be don't... so loud. Yeah. Oh, it's very loud. Well, and not a break. I think that the high school teachers, I mean, when I say high school, I mean 7 through 12, I think they pretty much take a break. The elementary teachers get no break, for sure. No, yeah. Because they eat with the kids. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> I would like to note that this is all information that I have had that is almost 20 years old, so I can't back <laughs> any of it up. But I know that my parents, or at least my dad, has school lunch like a couple times a week. There are many teachers that get school lunch. I just find it's easier for me to have a packed lunch. Yeah. It's more convenient. When mm. I when I taught at Bismarck, um, we had like a really wild schedule that would honestly take an entire podcast to explain. Um, but it was like sometimes I would have two and a half hours until my next class. Then I would eat school lunch. And th- there is some bomb school lunch, like a quesadilla pizza. Oh, it'd be amazing. Oh, the best. But not here. <laughs> the school lunch program could be that's fair and you know what lauren we have a somebody you know has a podcast and they've got the time to talk about the school lunches in bismarck and i've got no problem covering that at some point <laughs> that's perfect all right before we uh call it a day what are you guys most looking forward to for this year school year the year of, that is school Um, I guess, well, I love my colleagues. Like I seriously have the best colleagues. We actually were all just hanging out last night. Um, so I'm really excited to get to see them again every day. Cause in the summer we go our separate ways and, you know, we text here and there, but it's not the same. Um, so I'm excited to see them. And then also I'm just excited to have new kids, um, and see how the older ones have gone. This is my first year where, like I have the advantage of teaching sixth grade. So this year I will know almost every kid in the building and it's fun to just see where they're all at. It's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Lauren's answer is better than mine. Mine is kind of a selfish answer. Um, this coming year, I only have two different classes I'm teaching, like two, like an informal geometry and an enriched geometry. And normally I have like three to prep for. So I'm looking forward to having like less take home work because I only have two classes to prep for instead of three so we're going to cover that just for a second because people don't necessarily understand how hard teachers work both public and private school i don't know much about private school i don't know any private school teachers but i assume it's still a lot of work Mm -hmm. um you guys do an incredible amount of work and you don't get enough recognition for it well thank you yeah (laughs) it's it's just the truth it's just the truth some people like to complain about it but no, it's, it's way more work than people think it is. It's yeah, it's a lot. And it's a lot of unseen stuff that you just like wouldn't really understand unless you were 
um, like truly like, I guess, in the depths of the profession. And that's why, you know, there's a lot of people going now to where, um, or there's a lot of districts because there's a teacher crisis, um, teacher shortage. And there's a lot of um, districts that are going to like, um, they're shrinking the qualifications needed to be a teacher um, just to get bodies in the door. And um, there's, there really is a danger to that because what people see teachers do is, a fraction of what a teacher actually does. Well, it's not the hard part of teaching is what people see. Exactly. Like anyone can be up in front of a bunch of kids and entertain them for 50 minutes. It's the everything else, the unseen stuff, like you said, that's the art of it. Yep. And it does, it does take a college education to do it. Like the, you just learn so much about what it takes to have 20 kids sitting in front of you. And listen. Yeah. Yep. No, I think you guys, what you guys do is, is really amazing. And the last thing we're going to say, we've got to talk about this before. How are you guys decorating your rooms this year? I'm kind of a recycler of what I've always done. I kind of just keep it very central theme. So a lot of maroon and gray, because those are our school colors. And then I have like a geometry vocab wall with like the current topics we're talking about and like anchor charts with um, like the big ideas of that chapter. But it still takes a ton of time to do, correct? Yeah, I'd say so. You don't just wiggle your nose and the stuff is done. Still working on that talent, but it's not developed yet. <laughs> Lauren, yours? Um, mine, I guess my classroom is like, I don't really know how to describe it. Um, I don't turn my lights on. So it's like, my classroom decor is lamp vibes. We'll say that. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful decor. Yeah. So I have like six lamps and um, then I have some lights that go on my ceiling and like, they're like the string lights, you know? Oh yeah, and I know. I mean, I don't know, but I know what string lights are. <laughs> yeah. But that's my, that's my decor vibe because I can't do those, um, those bright lights and especially when when you know 11 year olds are amped up i like that they come into my room and it's soft light because it does kind of calm them down a little bit yeah i think amped up 11 year olds is probably the <laughs> the dim lighting definitely helps it helps me so i'm on board with that it does it calms them down like you wouldn't think so but it, i think it does thinking about calm light right now actually that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> all right any questions for me anything else you guys would like to say Thanks for having us on. Yeah, this has been great. Like a dream. Like I can check this off my bucket list. Yeah, no kidding. We'll definitely do something again later later in the year. I think I'm going to keep doing this for quite some time now. I really do enjoy it now that I've gotten back into doing it. And then we can talk about you guys' well, I guess Lauren, your fiance. Yep. And Brittany, your boyfriend, who are both excellent cooks. They are. Yeah, we are so lucky. We are. My wife is not lucky. She's. I put a frozen pizza in. 58 minutes ago and i'm not sure it's been taken out because <laughs> i didn't do it so if she fell asleep we got a we got a problem <laughs> all right well i wish you guys luck this year thanks for being on the podcast and hope to talk to you guys again soon thank you see you see, see you guys later see you in november Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> we did it 59 minutes an hour all right i'd like to thank everybody for listening to 
episode one of season two of Fend for Yourself Friday. Thank you to Lauren and Brittany for giving us some insight into their uh, teaching profession. They definitely work extremely hard, way harder than I do. I know that much. And I'd like to thank them for taking the time to uh, talk with me tonight. Going to have some more episodes again next week. Haven't quite decided what it's going to be, but there'll definitely be a fantasy football podcast coming up. Uh, UND football podcast, maybe. Definitely a UND hockey podcast. And then there'll probably be uh, a baby podcast at some point in the future. All right. Thanks, guys. See you again next week. That's cool. I, I feel like we're on Zoom. Like, can you hear me now? Or like, you know, how we ask those <laughs> questions at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> it's, it's exactly how it was.